Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome back to the Fresh Arsenal podcast, episode 23. And it's just me, your host, Pet Barisha. And I'm joined as, well, seemingly always by JB Gunapana. How are you doing? Hello, Pat. I am good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad. Did your voice just break there? Yeah, it did. It was weird. Um, I wasn't. I could say I wasn't expecting to have to speak, but that that'd be a lie. Yeah. Um, Better excuses, yeah, please. You're probably like the first person I've properly spoken to in a couple of hours. So clearly, clearly, I should have done some kind of vocal warm up. Mm. Mm. That's sad, isn't it? What that I'm speaking to you? Uh, the, the the bit before that, they're not speaking to anyone. Well, yeah, sad or preferable depends who you are. Mm. Very true, very true. Did How you are have you? A sip of water. I did, of course. It's See, very, that's the quality it's of very our important. It's very important to be hydrated, especially during it the is. Podcast, you see. It is, especially. What, what have you been up to over the weekend? Um. Do you know, I can't remember, which is really bad. I don't think do much. Know it was yesterday. I, I went to the gym twice, three times. Wow. Um, three times? Which was Friday, which Saturday, was Sunday. Solid. Friday, every day. No, Friday was rest day, I lie. But this morning. So, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, and I went out for dinner. And I got up at 4.30 a.m. to watch the Canelo-Billy Joe Saunders fight. So... Oh. Yeah, that's that, that's my my weekend. Obviously, done nothing else. Um, definitely won't. You know, this is recorded, so I, I wouldn't want to say anything else that that could be incriminating. So yeah, that's if all I I've speak, done. Every yeah, every. I don't think I I've could. I, outdoors. I don't think and, I can say anything that isn't incriminating. Yeah, incriminating. So I'm just gonna pass on the weekend. Bit like, bit like Elliot, uh, Elliot? Elian is is the love child of El Nenny and William, which clearly <laughs> can't stuck pass. in my head. 
um oh. should we well we didn't do a spaces on thursday because uh we just we just couldn't get the personnel unfortunately yeah what um, were you do why, why couldn't you make it i you can't say can you again i if I, if I speak i'm in huge huge trouble i can't say why i can't okay. say why um, you had some lady issues rodents rodents yeah. in in your house yeah that's better than that's to... that's better than um uh lady issues um rodents yeah we caught a mouse in the flat yeah yeah and that's why that's why i couldn't, couldn't make it spaces yeah. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah, yeah um and then by the time the rodents left it was left they left on their 11, own accord yeah, 11, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- well they, <laughs> we, they, they came were just trying to usher the them game. out yeah 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 so like we legit caught yeah our second mouse um the other day which was which was uh not very Congrats. criticized was it friends with the first one um the first one was definitely exceptionally high IQ, high IQ when it comes to mice. Like he, okay. if you've ever played Assassin's Creed, he could like run on the walls. Yeah. So we try and like blockade it into a corner and then like catch it or kill it. And he Help just... me on this. I, cause I played Assassin's Creed, but right. like I, I bought it a few years ago. I, yeah. It must've been one of an early, earlier ones. Like I think I was in Damascus or I went to Damascus. Um, But like I played it and then like two hours in, I just had to follow this guy for ages. Like literally just walk behind someone slowly. Very slowly, so no one sees you. And I was just like, oh, this I remember those. a fun Good old game. days. Good old this days. This is not a fun game. Is there more to it than that? Or I that haven't played Assassin's Creed in probably like 10 years, so it's very, very difficult for me to say. Uh, I only ever played like the first two, I think. Or maybe the, there was one in Israel that I played. Is that the last? Is that number three? I don't know. I've only ever played one and it was in the Middle East in some capacity. Yes. And but the like, second one was in Italy. And the third one, I feel, was in Israel or Jerusalem. Are they all just slowly walking behind people yeah, in so, cities? Yeah, is that the game? Slow as you can, walk behind people. Don't do anything else. Some, someone listening to this, if you do play Assassin's Creed and it involves more than just slowly walking behind someone, please do let us know. You do kill people as well. Because it's yeah, called but Assassin's like, Creed, right? If you've got to wait like three hours behind... like. Can you just speed it up? Maybe, maybe uh, I, I mean, I don't have the skills to develop a game, but why don't we just develop a game where you just, it's just faster. It's Assassin's Creed, but sped You should up. pitch this. You should, you, this, this could be like a really drastic career change for you. You know, you know, you, you can just become like, podcasts at like double the, speed. The maybe lead it's just game Assassin. developer <laughs> at, at Ubisoft. The elevator pitch. Okay. Assassin's Creed. You get in touch with you just, Ubisoft. You just run instead of walking. That's it. Instead of walking, we speed things up a bit and we're jogging, we're sprinting, we're running. There's a bit of speed. Anyway, look, let's, let's, I think we've diverted from we if have I, if, if i speak to mice to assassin's creed games and and you have this idea and it makes a lot of money please give us some commission ollie keeps saying we need more listeners and somehow some way i feel this is the right way to get it to get it's because people get to know us it, people i mean obviously they listen they do listen for the football stuff less so when ollie's on but <laughs> they 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 want to get to know us and what better than us coming up with billion dollar business ideas exactly that that could be the spin-off show the second of our spin-off shows i, I actually i have several in the works pet i have like six written in my notes that's I like think, one season of episodes right no joke i think we could probably cover like five or six different topics across different podcasts <laughs> um 
uh yeah because like you know pet pool clearly isn't working from a podcast number perspective so um yeah we need something else don't we um how did you how are you feeling or how were you feeling on thursday evening evening before or after the game uh both before the game i like i wasn't optimistic but i was hopeful and i don't know if that's contradictory but like i didn't expect much but i did think that if we turned up we'd fly through because i just still don't think they're great um and that's basically what we got right like we weren't great and we drew nil nil yeah um but i think if we'd been seven or eight out of ten we would have won that game Mm. and we still did nearly win it not that we deserved to but we hit the post and so I was kind of resigned to it beforehand because like it's always a possibility with this team. Like turning yeah. up and smashing someone is a possibility. Um but also just not turning up is a possibility. And yeah, like I, I, I wanna say I'm over it. I don't know if I am because I think it just probably hasn't hit yet. Like it, it's the other things like the idea of not having midweek games next season and mm. playing less and the financial implications for a club that's now got no money and you know, I don't really think the owners will put money in. So it's going to be a tough summer and it's also going to be harder to sell people on the idea of joining the club. So clearly there are knock-on effects that I don't think have hit us yet. Mm. I mean, the flip side is if this doesn't trigger a proper, like blow it all up and start again, nothing will. Mm. Um, If this doesn't push the Cronkies to sell, I don't think it will, but nothing will. Um, And I kind of like the idea of going back to Saturday kickoffs. So... Those things are good, but yeah, it's kind of shit. How are you feeling? Uh, it's very, very despondent post game. Um, when I saw the lineup, I was kind of like, okay, this has enough, right? I think most most Arsenal fans saw that lineup and thought, you know, this has enough. Um, there was the whole should Jack be left back or not, but you know, fair play, he's he's done pretty well there. Even a, a way to fill around, I thought he was probably one of our better players, which doesn't say much because we were pretty bad. But when I saw him get injured in the warm up after we had the Lacazette injury and then a Bamiang malaria, I was just kind of, I was just like, I don't think it's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like that, there's that like feeling in your stomach. Like I literally, I remember walking into my living room, turning around and the build-up was on. I'd just gone to the bathroom, turning around and just seeing Xhaka walking off with a knock. And I was just like, mm, sometimes it's just written, isn't it? Like the whole villa, like I mean, Emery, that's a big Emery coming back, Emery coming back, like three of our top seven or eight players being injured or having malaria within, you know, two weeks of each other is is it's just all it was all kind of i think it just felt right that they were going to go through do you know what i mean and that's a really weird thing to say but like as soon as i saw that injury i was just like there aren't many injuries that like like tierney's injury had that effect on us because it changed the entire way we played parties might and like smith row or saka might but jacker whether he's been a left back or a midfield has been so fundamental to the way we play um like, I don't really agree that taking him out of, putting him at left back took him out of midfield because where he ended up playing was basically still in midfield. It was still to the left of party. He was still progressing it. 
I just think not having him at all was a big issue. Um, like we weren't great at progressing the ball in the first leg and maybe some of that was to do with Jacka being a bit deeper, but yeah, it was, it was not good. And I think the, I mean, like him getting injured is unrelated to him being a left back. I think when you bring Tierney in for him, appreciate it short notice, but you would kind of hope that we would rebalance and play a more normal 4-2-3-1. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, are you allowed to make more than, like if a player gets injured, are you allowed to change a second player in the team? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I'm um, not certain on that though. I think one the t- once the team sheets are in, they're in, unless there's an injury, which is the case, right? Could you not pretend someone else is injured? You probably could. Be like, oh, but, they collided with but each the, other. But the issue is they, they're not on the bench then. They're yeah. out of the squad completely. So let's yeah. say you wanted to take off a Pepe or a whoever. I can't like, remember. I, what did we do? Did we? I mean, like, I know it's only a few days ago. Was it party with like, Erdegaard and Smith Rowe as eights? Yes. Yeah, that's what is we that did. what we ended up doing? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I would have been inclined, I know he's not amazing, but to just get Elneny in there. Oh, um, yeah. But anyway, we didn't. I also think that with... What you're saying is Danny Sabalos was a massive miss, right? Well, do you know what? Like, I, I'm, I'm still not that... I don't think the second leg was great, but to me, and especially with, with the with the West Brom game like under our under our belts now... It just feels like the first leg was more of a miss. Yeah. Like my regret is what if we'd use Saka with with Jacker in midfield in the first leg, not mm. what we could have done in the second, albeit yeah. a 1-0 win would have taken us through. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I still think that it, it kind of feels like, I remember we did the spaces for the Liverpool or was it the city game where we played William force nine, where it feels like every aspect of Arsenal football club kind of underperformed. Um, I thought it was, you know, I thought some of uh, Arteta's decisions were questionable. I think a lot of, there's a lot of like revisionism though. I mean, a lot of people are like, Oh, well, you know, obviously Odegaard, Smithrow and um, party were never going to work. It's like, well, We've seen evidence that they have worked in the past against a team that have been very good this season in West Ham. Um, so I wasn't too concerned. Again, the, the Xhaka left-back thing, like everyone's like, oh yeah, well, you know, Saka puts in a performance against West Brom. And I think Saka is a better left-back than Xhaka. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have a back four that just can't progress the ball at all, I understand why we have that kind of, or he, he might consider putting Xhaka there because at the end of the day if you play holding Mari uh, Bellerin and uh, Saka you have one player that can really pass out from the back yeah I mean the other thing is there's not actually a huge difference between playing Xhaka at left back with Saka like on the left yes versus Saka at left back with Xhaka in midfield so I actually think the bigger issue is just not having Xhaka and not having a natural left footer on the left. Mm. Now that's what we ended up right, and then and then Tierney ended up kind of playing the same role Saka did. It, again, it comes back to the first leg. Who played on the? Did Pepe play on the left in the first leg? Yes. It's it's Pepe's an interesting one because, as left footed players on the left go, he's not great at overlapping and whipping it in. Right, like no, that's not his game. 
Um, so I, but I he's he's probably had he's his best games that. on the left though, hasn't he? Mm. Apart from like on the right, the performances that I remember him being good in are West Ham away under Jumberg, and then the the cup semi-finals and finals. But I, I guess I guess ball, I guess what you could say on the left, but I think he's more dangerous on the right. Perhaps yeah, but. He's made those runs inside the fullback on the left a few times. I know that was Southampton. Yeah. He did it. Leeds, I think he did it. I get I, I get that. But I don't think defenders get the fear. You know, you, you want someone on their unnatural. So like an inverted winger is just scarier to defend against. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like Pepe. I think um, I think he's really talented and I think he, he seems like a good guy. I do think that the reason we've had a situation that three coaches have both used him slightly sparingly is because he's very inconsistent. Like uh, he's very talented and he scores goals. He's probably one of our most gifted players, if not our most gifted, but the, the common denominator is Pepe, not the coach at the moment when it comes to him playing consistently. And I think that is due to his inconsistency. Um, I also, you know, think that Saka, his best position being on the right, doesn't make it easy for Pepe because you've got a guy who seemingly got better and better every week for kind of a period and he just couldn't get a kick. And that was kind of fair. I think, again, like whenever there is a bad result, people do start revising history. It's like, oh, I can't believe Pepe hasn't started every game. It's like, well, you say that and I agree. Yeah, but I agree he should have played. He should he should have played more this season. But two things, like one, we had a player in Saka who was playing phenomenally on the right-hand side, better than he was on the left, even though I agree, you know, he can play on the left or left back, wherever, or even an eight or a 10. Um, and secondly, like the, the truth of the matter is like, this isn't just an Arteta thing, right? We saw it under all three coaches where it was kind of like, you know, he, he plays and then he plays well and then something happens. He plays not well and then he, but I think, he's at the side for like three, four games. I think there's some revisionism here as well in both directions, right? So I completely agree with you that he, he's improved a lot. Mm. He's bulked up a lot. He looks like he's been coached. he's better defensively. So yeah. he's, he's a better all-round player. But Saka on the right wasn't really a thing at the start of the season, if I'm correct here. I might be wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. Um, it wasn't at the start, no. And we had a few months of playing pretty badly when, yeah, okay, Pepe wasn't at his most consistent. But even then when he played, he was still the most likely to do something. So I completely get that there are reasons why you wouldn't pick him. But it wasn't like the alternatives were better even then. I just think throughout his Arsenal career, even when he's been inconsistent and been unreliable, he still always looks like the most likely player to make something happen on a pitch. Perhaps, but if you're a coach, can you base any game plan on the hope that he does something? No, but... So that's the difficulty I think that people don't really get. If you are basing your game plan on the hope that someone can magic something out of nowhere, which we've had to rely on quite a lot, I'd rather have him there than William. Oh, yeah, 100%. I don't think that's even a debate. Um, absolutely not. But that's not. who's... I mean, until like last week, William's played as many minutes as Pepe this season, which is absurd. Mm. Has he actually? And like, that's insane. Yeah. 
And, and the is fact that, that he's really played true? any ahead of Reese Nelson. In all competitions. Yeah, I think he's even played more in the league. That doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel right. I'm going to check it as we, because that feels How really we... wrong. I'm going to go on who scored Arsenal. Ah. And then I'm going to go on I'm on. Statistics. I'm on it as well. Let's have a look. Minutes. Most minutes. Cedric has played over 90 minutes. So Pepe, no, Pepe's played 1,434 minutes. I think that's in the league. 14 starts. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They've played very similar amounts of minutes in the league, though, I think. Oh, maybe this is in all comps. Is this in all comps? No, look at Renaissance numbers, I'll tell you. <laughs> Renaissance on zero minute. No, no, no. He's, no, he's on, on 16, 16 minutes. So this is league only. This is league only. Okay. Pepe has played 27 minutes more than William this in season. In the league. In, in the, the league, league, yeah. Which is, which is just ridiculous. And he's got less starts. Right? Fewer starts. He's got fewer starts. El Nenny has played more than Party. Yeah, that's an issue. I mean, Smith Rose only started 15 games in the league, and it seems as though he started 50. Do you know Maitland what I mean? Niles, who went out on loan in January, has played more league minutes this season than Eddie Nketiah, who we decided not to loan out. <laughs> I mean, this is just oh. a really interesting thing to look at. Yeah, it is. It is. Anyway, um, oh. so what did you think of like, I know we won't talk about it too long because it's it would be a very lengthy conversation. But in the game, the Villarreal match, it was so so cagey. It was horrible. We had that little like full spring in our step in the beginning of the first half, uh, second half, and then like we we had like two very very big chances. I felt um, the Smith Row one. Sorry, can I just I just gone. want to quiz you? Have you stopped looking at the thing? Yes. Okay. Guess how many league minutes Reese Nelson has played this season? Is it something like 37 or something like that? I don't know where you got the number from. It's it's 70. Oh, but it's only, it was only half off. Yeah. <laughs> I just guessed like a very low number. But I mean... Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. The thing is, right, the Reese Nelson thing is it feels not good because he's an Halen boy. But if we look at like all the other of that group, and if you throw Martinelli in there because he's young, Saka and Smith-Rowe are now integral Arsenal players and worth like, you know, if you sold them each, you'd probably get close to 100 million, right? Mm-hmm. Eddie Nketiah is probably going to be sold for 50 million or so in the summer. Joe Willock just went on the loan and he's equaled Marcus Rashford's record or that the youngest scoring player to score four goals in a row um, in four games in a row since Marcus Rashford when he burst onto the scene. He's kind of the outlier, isn't he? Right? I, 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 like I, I'm, I'm kind of looking at it in, in a more holistic to, total sense. And I'm thinking you've got like five or six young players there. Two of them have done amazingly. Right, which is pretty unheard of to be honest, to have like two academy graduates um in your starting lineup as your two, like two of your most fundamental players at times. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Chelsea have like Mason Mount, um, Rashford's a big product at, at United, Greenwood's coming through, but like if you if you look around, like there's not that many. Phil Foden is literally like the only one at City. Um, and then you've got like a couple assets there that are probably together worth about 35 million or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even Joe Willock could come back and, and, and play some good minutes for Arsenal. 
Um, Martinelli, obviously, you know what we know how good he is, and and we hope that he'll become very, very good and a very important player for Arsenal in the future. Mm-hmm. Reese Nelson kind of feels like the only one. But like, even if you look at Maitland Niles, right? Like, we're probably going to be able to sell him for like fifteen million or so in the summer. I or, just, yeah, I think the I Nelson just, one is just like. What has happened that meant he didn't even go out on loan? Whether it's at the start yeah, of the season, that, or that's January. that's really bad. Like I don't know how, like Edwin Arteta can look at with. it. Yeah, like, I don't know. That could be him and his agent. It could be the club, but like, how it could does be. That maybe maybe he, maybe he didn't want to go on loan in the championship, right? Like I doubt there were that because like if you're a Premier League team in January, you're either looking to fill up numbers because you've got loads of injuries from a loan perspective mm. or you're like fighting to tooth and nail to, to avoid relegation like West Brom, which is why they went and got Maitland-Niles and a few other blokes to come in and like try and try and steer the ship away from relegation, which didn't work because obviously you know, it's very tough when you're, when you're that low in the league. But realistically, was there any way apart from Arsenal and a couple injuries happening that Nelson was ever going to get minutes in the Premier League? Even if he got loaned in January. So my, my thinking is, right, I reckon, because there's no way they, they all sat there together and were like, yeah, he shouldn't go on loan. He probably just didn't get any offers from Premier League clubs, right? Yeah. No, I, I mean, yes. But when you see the players playing for other Premier League sides, and, and like that's partly on us, right? Because Willock... has probably done enough in the Europa to kind of encourage people to take a punt on him. No, but, but hold on. Willock's also started. He's got a lot of minutes. He started a lot of minutes. He started, yeah, he he started at Anfield away and was one of our best players. Like he has, he has, you know, played in the Premier League at like a a good level. I think it's, it's much tougher to be like a Newcastle and be like, you know what? I know you hate Miguel Almiron, but like, oh, let's bring in Reese Nelson, take some of his minutes. Or you know Saint Maximum, for example, it just would seem kind of pointless. Um, yeah. I, 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 if I was a Championship team though, and I was pushing for promotion or trying to avoid relegation, I'd be fucking all over it, right? But mm-hmm. I kind of, it, it, it strikes me he probably didn't He's want to do that. The season, right? Like he yeah. had the Hoffenheim loan, which was good for his reputation. Really good. And he came really back, good. and was he injured last year, or again did we yeah, just he not was use injured him for a while? Um. Uh, and I feel like he's missed that. Like he missed the Mason Mount Derby year or he missed the Tammy Abraham Villa Swansea years. Right. And he's just not quite done enough for someone to gamble on him. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's a, that's a, that's a tough one. I think for the last like 10 or so minutes, we should talk about kind of like where we go from here because it felt like, and I think, you know, we've discussed this a lot about uh, Arteta's future, talked about the Kroenks, talked about Eddie, talked about uh, our man Dick that's coming into the summer. Um, where do Arsenal go from here? You mentioned like a big reset in the summer. Do you think that's like a, do you think that's an Arteta thing? Do you think it's a Arteta and Edu thing? Do you think that's a Kroenks need to sell thing? Like, where do you, where do you sit at the moment? Um, so the Cronkies won't sell. Yeah. So let's eliminate that. We just need to. Anything else, great. But let's assume that. Um, 
And I think we need to plan as a club the way a well-run club plans, which is making long-term decisions, long-term squad building decisions that are influenced by our playing style and manager, but also driven by the club's vision for what we want to build Mm. and are not, you know, sorry, they need to be manager agnostic. So they need to be players who can play the way Arteta wants, but also assuming we are reasonably well-organized, which is a big assumption, the club should have a defined playing style, right? There should be a game model, which means that we should be able to buy, quote-unquote, Arsenal players. Yeah. And therefore, fine, we have gaps in the squad and we need to sign the right players. But they cannot be so specific to Arteta's wants that if he goes, whether it's in the summer, November, end of next season, we're stuck with players we can't use. Um, Or so short term that we have problems in in a year now i don't i don't know what a an arteta specific player would be right but it's the equivalent of signing you know antonio conte players and then switching to sari you can't get into that kind of situation but so so, so do you think we should keep arteta i think we will mm. um and therefore, I'm basing my assumptions on that. I Do I think we should? I, I don't think you could complain if we got rid of him. And I don't mm. think he could complain. Um, I think a well-organized club that had structures around the manager would probably look to make the change. But as I brilliantly tweeted on Thursday... Arteta got hired and then got promoted to manager because the people running the club didn't really know what they were doing and hoped he would be the guy. Yeah. The reason they now won't make a change is because they need him to be the guy and they haven't put in the structures around him that would allow them to change again because they don't, no one else is there to do the job. So I just don't see like I also don't see how you could get Arteta without get rid of Arteta without getting rid of Edu because I think that you're still missing the skill set. Like you kind of only get away with having Edu because you're giving Arteta so much of the other roles that a director of football would otherwise do. Yeah. It's there is something inherently wrong here though, because let's say hypothetically, and I don't think this will happen. I, I think we should kind of persist with some sort of mm-hmm. um longevity whether that works out or not i think it's pointless just like going through another exec team and another coach because the common denominator here has been arsenal right for -hmm. the last eight years we've fundamentally made terrible decisions when it comes whether it comes to just signing peter check in the summer or not selling alexis to city for 60 million because Mm -hmm. we were too stubborn um and benga didn't want to see another player go to a rival um you know, not taking a, an option on on Cess coming back, for example, because mm-hmm. we didn't want to spend the money. Um, you know, going into the season with Giroud as our start, uh, you know, starting striker when Urzel had his best season as a as a as a ten, and then signing Abamyang and Lacazette as he was kind of declining. I just the common denominator here is Arsenal. It's not like an Arteta thing, an Edu thing, 
or a Gazidis thing or a Wenger thing. This is just one like a culmination of bad mistakes that that does catch up with you. And the the, the bad thing is, whilst I think those mistakes are less common because in the last 18 months apart from Willian we have we've got players in or we have got rid of players that we don't need yeah uh, Willian and Cedric sorry we have like got assets that are saleable for example so mm. I just I think that it's 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 perverse to even think about like a summer where we have a new coach, technical well, we director, can't, yeah, like and, and two months, two months before like a transfer window. It's, and fundamentally, we can't, yeah, completely. It's such right, but like, forget the manager for a second. Uh, well, changing a manager with no notice, with a Euros this summer, and a shortened preseason again. You you put the next guy on the back foot, and I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, right? If, if you rewind and Tucker was available, or Nagelsmann was available, or Rose was available, or whatever, like that's a no-brainer. I think you need to be very confident in who you hire if you're just going to do it now. Um, but I think you could still take a gambler, and it wouldn't get worse necessarily. But to your point, technical directors a role that, whether you like Edu or not, it's not a six twelve month job. We're only going to start seeing the fruits of his work this summer and beyond. He came in a few months before last summer and that was a COVID summer. January, you know, the Erdegaard move was a good one. The getting rid of players was not difficult. You know, it was ruthless, but it wasn't difficult. So let's see. Let's see what the plan is. Let's see what the vision is. But if you got rid of him, anyone coming in now doesn't have time to put a plan in action now the only reason i think therefore you change it is if you think he is going to get it catastrophically wrong right if you think keeping arteta and edu lumbers us with a bunch of 30 plus players on big wages and big contracts then i think you pull the plug now if they're going to do more gabriels and more terreras or or Kenduzis or martinelli's or whatever then i think you can afford to wait but I think whatever you do has to be manager agnostic, right? And this is, you know, ultimately this is the challenge, right? Who's who's boss? I just still can don't... Can Edu say no to Arteta? Can he tell him who he's getting? Whoever yeah. told... Forget the where the money went and who got the money, but whoever told Emery he was getting Pepe and not Zaha was doing the right thing. Now, how much yes. we paid for him and all the rest, separate conversation. But... We need someone who says, okay, I see you want this type of player. Well, you're not. we're not going to sanction stupid money for X 27-year-old, but we will get you this guy who does the same and we think he's the right player to sign. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, you say 27, that uh, makes me think of party straight away. But um, yeah. Until he's I, 28. Until he's 28. But like the thing is, right? I we went from having whatever we thought of them, right? Gazidis, Raul, Husfami, Sven Mistletat, Raul, and Edu, right? Actually, no, Edu came in for Mistletat, sorry. So we had those five. Mm-hmm. And now, and Vinay, right? Mm-hmm. So we had six people working in the exec leadership at Arsenal in various different places, like that were known to us externally. We now have like three 
who are all under 45. And mm-hmm. we don't like we have a director of football operations coming in that has very been like it's you know purposely been presented as director of football operations, not director of football, probably because Arteta doesn't want that and Edu agrees with Arteta. Like I just his role is to do the things they decide need to be done, right? His role is to do the negotiations and to sort contracts. But isn't isn't to... that Edu's job? No. Like, isn't it? No. But sure, that's what he's been doing, though. His right? job is to do but that, the direct, no, but that is to, what he's to been doing. The technicals. But he's been doing that, right? He's been doing the transfers and negotiations. I think Maybe. He, he must have. I mean, right? when did Raul because, go? But think about it, right? Okay, Thomas Party. I was having this debate with, with a friend the other day. I was like, Thomas Party like is is a part Raul signing. We know that because Correct. we've been we've been linked with him for like and we also paid the release clause. So over 12 months. there's no there's no negotiation there anyway. Yeah, exactly. We paid we paid the release clause. We tried to negotiate, we tried to do it for ages. Raul left and we still went and got that player because it was the one that we probably had the most concrete relationship with from their side. Mm-hmm. We probably could reopen those negotiations pretty easily, all that kind of stuff. And we went and bought him. Now, uh, you know, that, that isn't on Edu, but I think he probably made that decision. Um, you know, I have no doubt that he was the one that probably reached out to Gabriel's in, intermediaries and, and made that move happen as well. You know, the Brazilian mm-hmm. link there, he's got a big Brazilian network. I think mm-hmm. he probably did that. So if you're talking about director of football operations coming in and basically being a quasi Husfami and a quasi... Who was Raul, terrible, by the way. Yeah, but, but those two people in one... Mm-hmm. Is Edu then de facto kind of our head of recruitment slash footballing philosophy? Yeah, that- I mean, and that's how they communicated it, right? Like, it's his job mm. to set the playing style, to find what we want to be doing and work with Arteta and Mertesacker to build a squad. Okay. Yeah. I, mm, I just think... Because like, and then you have a team, right? I mean, I don't know exactly how it works. At whatever, whatever at City, it is. Look at City, right? So City on. Did you watch the Amazon documentary? I have not. No, sorry. So they would get. I can't even remember. The manager had like a wish list of positions he wanted, right? Yeah. And and descriptions of the types of player, like the attributes that he wants in those positions. Kind of like if you're doing a search on FIFA, right, or football yeah. manager. Um. Then you have your technical director and your kind of finance people and your data people and the scouts get together and they draw up a shortlist of players who meet those criteria and you think you can get. You then figure out either, you know, you make a recommendation or you go back to the manager with a list of options. What I think has been happening is some shortcutting of that and probably Edu and Arteta kind of making all those decisions and less of the checks and balances going on than you would want in a well-run club. Yeah, I think... Like, who is there? I think in the kind of way you describe the City process, that also eliminates coach bias because you don't have Guardiola being like, oh, well, you know, I want this type of left-back who does this and this, this. Used to, you know, I know Jordi Alba quite well, or I know Alaba quite mm. well, like that type of player. Mm-hmm. Because 
then if you're like a re- recruitment team, you start looking at him and him and then players like him. But you can find similar players, right? Like that's sure. a search people do with data. Yeah, yeah, yeah That's absolutely. fine. Um, but it's not the same as going, I've seen William on TV and I want him. Or Zaha was really good when we played against him last season. We should sign him. Yeah. Um, and and my question would be, who says no to that? Like, is it as simple as they get told you got a hundred million, go find players, and they just pick them? Right? Who is who is able? Who is there? Who is detached from Arteta and Edu? Who has a veto on signings? Does I, that I, exist? I I think we're like two people away in this exec team. Like, we need because because Vinay is nowhere near this, right? No, he's like the operational exec. Yeah, he's commercial. Like, he's a commercial guy. He's like he's running. F- Arsenal Football Club, the, the company. Correct. Um, we need, I think, a director of football that supports the coach or slash manager. Can you have a technical director and a director of football? Are they the same? Are they different jobs? Well, uh, in my head... And a sporting director. Because, like, are they all... There's enough... That's three different titles. Do they all do the same thing? I think they do similar things, but maybe, like, the technical director would be more looking at the recruitment strategy that supplements the footballing philosophy that the director of football sets. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's what we had before, right? Ish. I, yeah. I For mean, some Edu, Ed, like, However what bad was they were. Raul's, I mean, we know that Raul's role, really. Raul's role was to get us into the Super League. Let's not, let's not make any kind of, um, let's not be under any kind of illusions here. That's why he was brought in. He was brilliantly well-connected. They talked about him getting us in the room with people to negotiate transfers. The reality is he was there because he got us at the table for the Super League. Was he the recruitment guy? No, that was Sven. Was he the commercial guy? No, that was Gazidis. Yeah, okay, he did the negotiations, but we also had House Farming. And then what happened? Raul went shortly after Tim Lewis arrived. Don't know if that was connected. Who knows? No one knows. Can't say anything. Um, and there was seemingly a power struggle with Sven and Sven left, who seems to be pretty smart actually and doing pretty good things. And actually, <laughs> you know, he gave that interview about his time at Arsenal and he had good justification for all the transfers. Um, you, you know, even the list I one didn't work out. It was one year. Oh, well, move on. And House Farmy left. And what do we know about Hasfami? Who was he involved with? Saliba? The loan? He was involved with the contracts renewals. Nearly messed up Saka. Did nearly mess up Balogun. Went last summer. Around the same time we messed up the Balogun and Saliba stuff. Maybe all a coincidence. Who knows? Who knows? Um, that's definitely not informed by anything I've been told by anyone. And... Suddenly you go from this really well-built team, which kind of logically makes sense, right? You've got a commercial guy, a recruitment guy, a technical guy, a negotiations guy, and the manager. Like, that's a team. Yeah. That's a team. Yeah. Now, okay, suddenly you go back and you've got Edu and you've got Dick Garlic. Who's our... Is Edu the recruitment guy? Like maybe if he's working really closely with Stat DNA and the actual scouting team and the technical team, but like I just can't see Edu as a guy who pulls a and I know he did I know he did Martinelli and I know he did Gabriel. So 
don't want to be too critical, but we know we had a good relationship with Lille, right? Like if, if Gabriel had played for another French club, would we have signed him? Mm. Don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? So, I mean, this comes, I mean, the whole point of this conversation was what do we do in the summer, right? And it's like, well... Or going forward in general. I don't, I don't this know is not what the managerial situation... Fix. Exactly. I don't know what the managerial situation is, but there are so many other questions about... Like, if Arteta was surrounded by smart, experienced people, would he be doing a better job? I don't know. But would he have a better squad? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think a big issue is, right? I was watching the West Ham Everton game because my flatmate's a West Ham fan. And I was just like, how many of these players would start for Arsenal? The answer is way more than you would 10 years ago um, when you look at a team that are like six and How seven. many West Ham players would start for Arsenal? Hmm. So I think Declan Rice. He would wasn't start playing for against Everton. But okay, their starting lineup. Okay. Right? Declan Rice would start for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I think Lingard would probably start for Arsenal. He would not start for Arsenal. H- how would he not start? Who for would Arsenal? he play ahead of? Pretty much anyone. <laughs> Pretty much anyone that is in our. Nonsense. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And also his number, like he's been massively overshooting his numbers anyway. Like he's he not. Is, but he is he's good. Not this like elite player. That he like, is. He is good though. He's not elite, but he he's is not good. better than Pepe. He's not better than Saka, and he's not better than Erdegaard. Maybe, maybe. You I think cannot tell me Jesse cons- Lingard is better than any of those three. I I can't say he's not better. <laughs> yes, you can. I can't say he's not better. <sighs> I really can't. I'm okay. sorry. Maybe I think, Lingard. So you're I, I, I think Kufal would get into our starting lineup, unfortunately. Sufal? Kufal. Sufal. And I, I, I mean, I look at Fabianski and Leno and I'm like, not really much between them either see i disagree i i just I, i'm like massively down on all lower table keepers a because you know leno's good when he's busy and b because if you play for west ham you can drop a clanger every five games and no one notices or cares but the, the issue is he, he doesn't say right fabianski does mm, i have remembered like one mistake he's not head. like material so he's better than he was when we sold him but I don't think he's better. Like, I don't think he's miles better or the other way around, but I think they're very close. And that's, that's part of the issue, right? It's not really whether or not yeah, one would start if, if over the other. Like, it's like, it's like, like how much, how much difference there Dinner is. West Ham. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's a massive issue, isn't it? Right. The fact that Suchek would walk into the club and be like our second or third tallest best player. centre mid and tallest player is, um, but that's an issue, isn't it? Right. A guy. Yeah, look, but, but that's the, but the other thing here, right. Is like, We've had a massive financial advantage over these clubs for like 10 years. And they've years. caught up because they've and just we've been, been better unable, at Yeah, we've been... But, and I'm like, sorry, West Ham haven't. That's what's even worse. West Ham have been terribly run for 10 years and they've still caught us. Yeah. Um, because they've made like three good signings. Yeah. And, and played like, Antonio up front and that was yeah, it. Yeah, and had a system. And Leicester have been brilliantly well run and they've overtaken us. And yeah. my worry is... You know, if we can't do it with that huge financial advantage, how can we trust the same people? And you might say it's not the same people anymore, but the same ownership, right? And their people to compete with these clubs. Now we're going to have materially less money. Like we're talking, what, 60 plus million a year less? Yeah, I, I'm I'm quite frustrated by a lot of the talk on the timeline. I think there's, the, the AST has done some great things, right, in, in kind of like keeping the pressure on. But I would have liked to 
because I, I know there was a lot of like, let's hound the cranks out. But like, if that's not going to happen, the next bit of pressure should be give a plan. Right, like, what is the plan? Yeah, like, because, my because you can't, be... you can't, like, Josh Crank can't just come out and be like, "There's going to be significant investment." It's like, well, that's not really good if we've got like, if it's just going to be given to Edo and Arteta, who've never done this before, right? Yeah, but like, yeah, but but the question I would ask, I would just say, look, you talked about outsmarting the market in the past. We've now got much less money than we've ever had. What are you guys going to be doing to make us competitive? given we're now at a disadvantage and we've been unable to compete before. Yeah. This club needs to get smart. If our club is smart, we'll be fine because we're a big club. We've got a lot of money coming in the door still and people want to play for us, but that doesn't last that long, right? Like Milan will be able to get back to the top quite quickly because as soon as they start doing, like Liverpool, as soon as they start doing well, they're still huge, right? Yeah. Um, And look, obviously we're not going to sign Camavinga, but you see the picture of him earlier on Twitter with an Arsenal poster on his wall. And it's like, people still want to play for Arsenal. Yeah. We're not, as long as we're not a shambles, all we need to do is just run the club. Well, like it's not rocket science. There's just most people in football aren't sorry. I don't want to say most people in football. Most football clubs are not well run and are not that smart or at least they're not that sophisticated. Um, and I think that's a big frustration because you, there's just so much opportunity to be smart and do well. Mm. And we've gone the other way because the owners have been taken in by crooks and whatever. I don't know the word to describe, like people who have just basically won their trust and then made a, made a killing off Arsenal and, and gone. Yeah. Not pe- not smart. Like, who are the smart football people that, you, that you've seen around? Sven Mislintat, whatever you want to say about him, knew how to run a football club or knew how to recruit, knew how to approach recruitment. He's probably the smartest hire we've made in the last five years, and he's gone because Raul got rid of him. And then we ended up doing loads of transfers with, with you know, Kia and others. Gazidis... All right, I know a lot of people don't like him, but clearly knows his way around the world of football. And then you've got there's someone else who I've forgotten now. Um, Raul, Vin, Vinay, sorry, Vinay. Vinay. You know, look, he's not experienced in football, but he seems to be smart. Seems to be, you know, he approaches stuff the right way, and I think the fan groups like him because actually he's on the commercial side and he doesn't need to be a football person. You know, if you, if you had Vinay, Gazidis, and well, you probably wouldn't have Vinay, Gazidis. If you had Vinay, um, Sven, and like someone else in there, that's not a bad structure. But there's just nothing. I mean, this is the other thing is I kind of think Arteta's the smartest, per, like the smartest one in the room. Yeah, that's that's the. But that's... I don't want him to not be accountable. But I also don't want him to be the smartest person in the room. Also that. Like, I don't think that a club of Arsenal Football Club's stature should have someone in their first 18 months of management or coaching as the most senior figure at the club. I think that is a big issue, right? In the fact that he looked like very lost in those interviews after, right? After we, like, as in he was just devoid. 
He was in despair. He didn't yeah, really know and, what to say. And it's, like, and it's kind it's of like all on him to fix this. Yeah, exactly. Like that's a lot of pressure for someone who's never done this before. And although he says the right things and has done some of the right things in the past and, and done a lot of wrong things, I think on the pitch and maybe off the pitch, but we don't really know what that relationship is like, unfortunately. Um, there's no accountability, but there's also no like support and help. Like, I mean, Lille about to win Liga, right? Like they've got, a promising manager who's been managing for almost 20 years in Liga, and they've got a like one of the best kind of directors of football in in, in the world right someone yeah. that like if you Who the thing is he won't be going to Spurs now because Mourinho's left no but like if you think about it right Lille made three decisions that basically has ended up making them win the league they sold Pepe for 72 million mm-hmm. they bought Victor Osimhen for 25 million mm-hmm. they sold Victor Osimhen the next summer for nearly 70 million euros as a total package. Mm-hmm. And then they just brought in, uh, they brought in Jonathan David and then they couldn't, they couldn't find the same like type of guy that was going to do the Osman. They thought Jonathan David would do that. He didn't really start the world on fire. They mm-hmm. also brought in Burak Yilmaz on a free, just in case Jonathan David didn't really work out. Isn't he like 80? He's 80, but he's got 15 goals and 25 starts. And is basically he? like fucking banging them in in France. And it's basically won them the league now. Cause like, what's happened is Jonathan David started slow, but they had Yilmaz there and then David started scoring. And they've and, got, you yeah, know, they've got Sven Botman. They've got a they've lot. Yeah. Got, Sven Botman. They've got, they've got Renato Sanchez on, on the cheap, didn't they? Yeah. They've got Celik. They've got, um, who's the, the CAM, the Turkish guy. What's his fucking name? Left foot. Really good. Uh, I've got his name. Then they've got Jonathan Bamber. They've got Jonathan. Yezici. Is it Yezici? Yeah. It's Yezici. Um, but you see what I mean? Like, suddenly you make three good decisions and you're like it's not that difficult as you said football clubs aren't very competent so um, if you make, mike, mike magnon, magnon yeah mike magnon who's he's maybe going to, going milan, to milan for 50 million which would be uh, to juve and then chesney back to arsenal excellent pretty much but like do you see what i mean like if you're again liverpool you sell coutinho for 160 million and you go by van dyke fabinho and allison basically but that's the other thing here right it's like you don't we don't need superstars we need a system and like no Exactly. Competent recruitment to fill each of those positions. Then you've got 11 good players. Then you add the cherry on the icing. But for Mm. top four, you don't even need that. No. Like, I think my biggest frustration with the party deal, and obviously he's good, but it was just this constant idea that this, like, this miracle player exists. There's this one guy who, if we sign him, everything will be fine. And we've been making decisions like that for five years now. 10 years now 10 years it's 10 like years. it's like let's the be honest Damian it's been a long time one. you know like like we got Urzil, that was our one for the summer and then we got alexis that was our one for the summer and it was like oh we're done now but that's not how you run a club you keep building you keep upgrading yeah um and those weren't and like, like who is there making those decisions like obviously wenger was a good custodian and I want to sit here going, well, actually, if you had good recruitment, they'd force him to spend and force him. Someone forced him to sign Lacazette, Mustafi and Jacka. Now, I think mm. Jacka was actually a very good signing. He ticked all the boxes of what we needed. But um, regardless of how he's worked out, like the guy we bought from Gladbach was actually a very sensible signing. But he didn't want Mustafi. He didn't want Lacazette. He didn't want Lucas Perez. He didn't. Uh, and someone did that. Someone went and made those signings. Again, like who's where are the brains? Where are the smart people in the room? And that's the worry. So yeah, fine, move Arteta on. But you're 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 getting rid of the smartest guy in the room, which is fine because he shouldn't be. And also 
he's not doing a great job of his actual job. But are we going to then have another structural rebuild? Well, maybe just... maybe we need one, right? Like maybe what I'm saying is we need one anyway. But I mean, what is the answer here? The, I mean, the answer here is don't get your hopes up if you're an Arsenal fan because there's yeah, no sign it's going to change. It's, it's like what we're talking about is like years of upheaval, really. And I know we've had these swift chops and changes over the last like few months, right? In terms of we've gone through three exec teams in three years. But as a business, it's just not something that you can sustainably do. Like no good, well-run company does that ever. So I think the most likely thing is they build on top of what we got and then if we don't see that working on and off the pitch, or if it is working on the pitch and it doesn't work off the pitch, then it's very obvious what you do. You sack Arteta after this window, I think, in, I don't know, when December or whatever, similar to what happened with Emery. If it's working on the pitch, but not off the pitch, then you know where your kind of problems lie. But the, I think my the, the issue is, is like, if you put, it's not really going to work on the pitch without it working off the pitch. No, sense. but if you put, and it, it won't happen, but if you put, a good if you put like Tuchel or Nagelsmann in charge with like Lewis Campos, right, oh. and and signed three to five players, we'd we'd probably compete for top four. Yeah, for sure. But the, the issue so, like, is, I think at the moment, not is that hard? Where would you? Uh, just final question, just to just finish off, because I think there is some delusion among Arsenal fans about how good our squad is. Mm-hmm. Where would we fin? Where would you want or see us finishing that would mean that we're on par in terms of our performance, considering the players that we've got? Do you mean basically if I ranked squads in the league, yeah. where are we? Yeah. City are better. Liverpool are better. Chelsea are better. Uh, I forgot United are better. Right, easy for sure. Um. I who's who's next? If you were a coach, I think you... we're in line. It's difficult, right? Because we've got like a few superstars. You know, Villa have got one, Leeds have got one, Spurs have got none. Um West Ham have got none. Like I don't so I don't I mean like match winners, right? Right. Um you know we've got we've got a Bamiyang, we've got Saka. I don't know who else I'd put on that level, but like you'd like to think that Erdegaard, at least, and maybe a couple of others are probably like top four squad standard. Mm-hmm. Not not a whole squad, but like we've got a few. Um Everton have got two. Um but like I you know, to be honest, when, it, when we go Villa, from fifth to ninth, Villa, Everton, we've got a much better squad than Leeds, right? Like much, yeah. much better. Um, so I put like us, Villa, Everton, Spurs, um, as like reasonably even squads. Maybe would Villa you put are the Leicester, worst. Would you put those. Leicester above us? Oh, I completely forgot Leicester. Yeah, yeah Leicester so much fifth. So, so fifth. So so five. I don't think we have a right to be in the top five with our current squad. So and then I, so so somewhere between six and nine, and therefore, like a bit of luck and good coaching is the difference between six and ninth. Like I, I think nine is underperforming. Anything below ninth is like really bad. But I think sick, like coming sixth with this squad requires really good coaching. 
like really, yeah. really good. I see. I agree, and I think there is some disillusion there. I think Arsenal fans need to realise. Like Leicester are better than us in like literally most positions. Every position <laughs> except like it depends what what formation you play, but basically. Uh, I mean, apart I'm from like the flanks and maybe Aubameyang, Saka, pretty much. It is pretty much that. Tierney, maybe, maybe, and even that's a maybe, right? Because James Justin's been oh, like before he's yeah, injured, I mean, was like one of the best fullbacks in the league. Fullback, right? So yeah. yeah, I mean they've got like three right backs that are better than all of ours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. And it's, like honestly, uh, if I was building a squad right now, I'd rather sign Harvey Barnes than Aubameyang. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I forgot about Harvey. Barnes. Uh, who would you rather be invested in? Obviously, I, I mean, yeah, don't even think about James Madison as well. But like, it's, I think there is a lot of delusion into, because I, I said to my mates, I was like, well, for me, if I'm looking at the squad, I expect it to finish. Like, as you said, between six and ninth, I was thinking like maybe seventh or eighth. So if but we do finish seven, ninth or eighth, the underperformance from, from, a, from a result standpoint is bad. That's and- the club underperforming, though. That's not the manager. If that makes sense, like well, that is five years of yeah. This bad is this is the this is the culmination. This recruitment. is the basically this is the culmination of like years and years of bad mistakes that have finally hit us on the pitch. Massive, correct. Um, and a lot of people will build up, bring up like a starting lineup that we went into like a Wolves away game under Wenger or something like that, and be like, oh well, Wenger got top four with this. It's like, well, yeah, but like Leicester weren't good then. Neither were Liverpool. Um, neither were this club and this club. Like, I just, you know, if you look at the, the amount of points there are between like fifth and tenth, it's it's very representative of like where those teams are. They're all about the same with the team that's tenth kind of overperforming a little bit. But anyway, I think we could probably talk about this all day, couldn't we? And we will. Can't wait for a whole summer of it. <laughs> right. I don't even know. Are we ever going to do a spaces again? Now that the finish is, we'll probably do it on some breaking news, right? Something happens and we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll we'll do a live spaces after. Who are we playing next? Uh, Chelsea. Just cry, just cry when, on air Wednesday, after. isn't it? Yeah. Oh dearie me! I I saw the other day that that, that the Euro starts like fourteen days after the Champions League final. Oh, excellent! Isn't it's that another, mental? That's another fancy football thing for me to do. How fucking knackered must footballers be? <laughs> Well, I was going to say it's good news for our players, but I don't know if any of our players are good enough. Tacker might, and if he does, he'll play like 13 minutes. Oh, uh, I mean, who's going? Bellerin, no. No, really? Was he in the squad earlier He was season? in one squad earlier this season. All right, so, and, and we put Cedric off as well. So, all right, none of our right backs. Sabios Leno might go isn't even hard. Leno will be in the squad. Well, um, none of our centre-backs. Tierney will be at the Euros. Yep, Tierney will be at the terrible Euros. terrible news for Arsenal. <laughs> Such bad news um, for us. Well, that's why he's playing. That's why he's ca- he came on last last night, probably, right? Yeah. Like, he's probably gone to Arteta and been like, I need to be fit for the Euros, Gaffer, play. Mm. And he's been like... Yeah, but well, I mean, he could wanna... be injured and say he's fit and he'd still be yeah. Scotland's best player. So. Yeah. Um, who, Jacker will go to the Euros. Yes. yes. Erdegaard will go to the Euros. Will he? Did they make it? Must. I mean, they got him in Holland. Surely I they don't think it. they did. No way. Did they? Don't know. Pepe won't. Uh, no, they lost to Serbia oh. in, the, in the qualifying. Go, in not the, like he's the... coming back, but still got it. Um, yeah. And obviously the Brazilians won't, and Lacazette won't. With his, Lacazette with 13 caps for France, which is bizarre. Um, so, yeah, 
And then England dropped out the group stages on the 21s, which is good news because it means that Smith Rowe gets a rest. Yeah. Nelson gets a rest after his busy season. Um, it's 70 minutes. Ed, Eddie gets a rest. It also means Saka gets a summer off if he's not in the England squad. And to be honest, yeah. even if he is in the England squad, he probably won't play every game. No, he won't. So that's good. I highly doubt um, play in many games, to be fair. Who knows? Like, you know, rested summer for the squad, it sounds like. No European football. Basically sounds like we're winning the league next year. Looks like it. Right. Is that yeah, a good note to end on? Probably. Positivity. A happy note. We're winning the league next year. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. You can find me at Pet Berisha, P-E-T-B-E-R-I-S-H-A. You can find us at Fresh Arsenal Podcast, probably. Yeah. And you can find JB at... Gunapana, as Gunna always. Gunapana. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Have a great day doing whatever you're doing. We'll catch you next time. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.